The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletical Physical Therapy and CDW. I really love that promo right there, uh, right before we got on here. That, that kind of gets you jacked up uh, about the impact of this game. Drama, dripping, and gripping as the Bears get ready to meet the Green Bay Packers for a right to go to the playoffs. Both teams right now situated at 1-7 in the NFC playoff picture. My broadcast partner, Tom Thayer, welcoming you to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy with our producer, Adam Studzinski. Thanks to Dan Barilli and Jordan Treadup. Tom, uh, let me take your temperature right now. Where you at? Where you at mentally? Oh, you know, Jeff, it's been fun really to approach this game because I really believe in what the Bears have been able to do in the last couple weeks. It puts a whole different flavor to this game. If it was a stagnant, a stagnant offense going nowhere and you're counting on the emotions of the division to carry you over the top, that's not necessarily what you need. You need the same improvements that you had the last couple weeks. You need Mitchell Trubisky to be the most confident player on the field. You need everybody else to have a hand in the movement and the motion of the football, and the defense has to have a hand in stopping the football, tackling to perfection, making sure every one of their responsibilities are fulfilled. Praying and hoping Chuck Pagano is as aggressive every single chance he gets. I do not want to see a three-man line after Aaron Rodgers where he's just waiting to see where he's not going to throw it, not necessarily that he has to throw it. So there's a lot of emotions that are built into this game, but I'm as excited for a Bears-Packer contest this late in the season as as excited as I've been in a long time. To me, it boils down to some things that we'll get into deeper, but it's uh, stopping their run or at least containing it so that they just don't have the ability to keep you on edge every single second, which the mere presence of number 12 does that anyway, and the Bears' ability to do so against a improving run defense or at least an adjusting run defense like they did adjust to Derrick Henry with more beef up front. They are giving up a lot of yards per carry for the season, 4.67. That's still in the 20s in the NFL, but they seem to me to have gotten a little better stop of the run, and and the Bears will have to establish the run. They have to. Yeah, but, you know, the thing about it, too, the Bears are a different monster in terms of just the ground game than they were the first time they played Green Bay or even what they were three or four weeks ago. So when you see what what the Bears are capable of now – um, either the configuration of their running game, the configuration of an interior power running game, and the athleticism of Mitchell Trubisky. The defense of Green Bay has a lot more thinking to do before the ball's ever snapped rather than just concentrating on trying to race to the quarterback that's in the tackle box behind center. There has been a dramatic change. It's been talked about at length. Allen Robinson today, Tom, on the dramatic change in how this offense has turned on a dime. 
it's not something that you can pinpoint. You know, I think across the board, you know, I think once we, you know, start to get the run game established and then start being able to create some explosives, you know, start getting some first downs on first downs. You know, we didn't get we didn't get into as many third and longs and third down situations became more manageable. Once we again started getting more explosives, you know, we started getting in the red zone more. Once you get to the red zone more, able to run the ball and things like that, you know, your red zone efficiency goes up because you're able to run and pass. So, you know, so across the board, you know, it's tough to pinpoint one thing because we've gotten better at, you know, offensively really every category statistically across the board. So, again, like I said before, man, I think it's just a true testament to everybody going out there and putting the work in each and every day and trying to get different results and trying to to change what wasn't happening early on in the season. So a lot of dominoes fell there as he went step by step. To you, what is the most significant domino to start the chain of events that has happened over the last three or four weeks? You know, I, I, listen, man, I, I don't want to sound just like I'm supporting a guy because he went to Notre Dame or he's an offensive lineman. But this, what Sam Mustafer has done for at the center position, um, he's made Cody a, be, a more powerful football player at offensive guard. He's been able to use the, the time spent together between he and Alex Bars in the time they invested in college is paying off as, on a professional level. And the ability to uh, gain an interior point of attack running game so David Montgomery can hit the hole in stride and convert it to a lot of extra yards. And then the, the snap factor for Mitchell Trubisky. If you look at the consistency on every shotgun snap since Sam has been in there, it's a consistent hip-high spiral snap. Now, Mitch is not focusing on the flight of the football because it's coming at you oblong. It's coming at you in a spiral manner. So he's catching it, controlling, and looking downfield without ever having to take his eyes off in when they're moving around, when they're trying to move before the cadence to either get into a blitz position or even trying to disguise coverage. So I know it's not, you know, a sexy position, but listen, man, our, our man Sam Mustafer is given some consistency. And, again, I remember you saying at five to survive with five games left, if you could find five offensive linemen that would survive the rest of the season. And, yeah, it, it's something that stuck with me, and it's still part of their improvement. Five to survive and five are thriving. And today word that Bobby Massey uh, will be get activated off injured reserve, and so he'd become available, not necessarily for this game, uh, but another guy to throw into the mix uh, possibly for a playoff for the Chicago Bears. Uh, Mitch's 2020 journey, significant with the start, the sit-down, the slide, coming back, working his way back, and now putting together an offense that's averaging 35 points a game, certainly taking notice around the league. Heard it from Aaron Rodgers today, Tom. He said this is uh, a big Chicago versus a little Green Bay. You know, already starting to twist the, twist the knife a little bit. But he well, says he does appreciate know. the rivalry it's it's something significant. He likes playing here. He likes the fans. Uncertain, certainly no fans here, but he, he does like the environment. Yeah, I mean, when you look, you're talking specifically about the population of the two home downs. You are yeah. talking about little against big. But I know what Aaron Rodgers is psychologically oh, yeah. trying to say, and we're trying <laughs> to try to needle all of us. But as a player, as confident as he is, he's got that right. Yes, he does. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Tom Silverstein, the. A writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel who's covered the Packers for a long time. And at 6.30, we'll be joined by Bears inside linebacker Roquan Smith. It's all ahead here on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak on Chicago Sports Radio, 6.70 The Score.
Welcome back to Bears All Access, everybody. Brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. Jeff Joniak, top there, with you on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score, talking Bears and Packers. Tonight on Bears All Access, now joined by Tom Silverstein, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Packers beat writer, NFL vet. Tom, Happy New Year, buddy. How you doing? Oh, doing great. Same to you as well. Are you are you are you jumpy? Are you jacked up? Are you what, what's your feeling about this matchup? Um, you know, I think we've been here before uh, a number of times. Um, both sides, you know, a big game at Soldier Field, and um, in fact, I was just kind of going through them uh, a few of the games, and you know, it always comes down to the quarterback. At least it has in, in the biggest of games. And so, you know, I, I think that's probably what's going to happen again. And uh, whether Chicago can slow down Rodgers, I don't know. It, it's been tough. And now he's got a little bit of a running game. So we'll see. His uh, potential for a third, maybe even you might, might most people say a likely MVP award, Comparatively speaking, as you analyze his performance, how would this one stack up to his first two? I think this one is, assuming he gets it, I think this would be completely different. And those other two, two instances, I mean, he was he was playing at such a high level. You know, he he was at a um, he was at the Brady level at that time, and. Now he's he's a different player. Uh, he he relies a lot on their run game. He relies on their play action. He's far less of a scrambler than he used to. He he doesn't hold on to the ball like he used to. He's bought into Matt Lafleur's system, and it's made him look really good. If he went back to playing the way he did in 2011 when they scored. 560 points or whatever it was, it wouldn't work. So, you know, age has taken some things from him, but he's playing in a in an offense that he's totally bought into. Hey, Tom, when, when you look at the Green Bay defense, I do think around the league they're under-respected, but when you think about this game in particular, the emotions that are involved and the importance that's surrounding it, what does, Mike Patton, what does the defensive coordinator have to do in order to control the new Trubisky-led offense. And I don't know how much of this offense you get to see, but it, there's a wide variety of guys that are actively involved in getting their hands on the ball. The running game is better. The offensive line is really settled. So what are the, what are the defensive concerns you see about this new offense? Well, I think, I think you, you definitely hit on one, which is, the offensive line seems to be playing a lot better. I watched the Jacksonville game, and while Jacksonville isn't that good, it, it looked like uh, Trubisky was comfortable and like he could function in the offense and not have to worry about uh, being under pressure immediately and have to use his legs. But I, I think I actually think that is something that they are – the most concerned about is him running all over the place and that they're going to want to try to keep him in the pocket and 
try to get him to throw a few more of those balls like he threw uh, into the end zone, um, you know, that got picked off. I think it's really about not letting him get first downs. Uh, don't let him run out of a third and ten and get a get a running first down. I think they'll take their chances with him throwing, but I I also think they're worried about Montgomery. Uh, you know, they just faced Derrick Henry and they they played great against him, but they had a plan to totally force. Tennessee to throw the ball in the snow and they couldn't do it. This will, this will be a little bit different than that. I think Chicago's not as married to, you know, their running back as Tennessee was. You know, it's something to see, you know, Mitch Trubisky has been able to take a page out of Aaron Rodgers snap count playbook in every game. He gets one or two free plays a game. So when you think about the atmosphere, not only this week, but going forward, it does, Green, Green Bay, they don't earn as much other than the temperature when they have home field, if they get home field advantage through the playoffs. So is, uh, is, is Aaron Rodgers' ability and his voice control equally as, as destructive and illegal on the road as it is at home? Yeah, but, you know, teams have really worked at uh, not falling for his hard count. I mean, he's not had – a lot of success with the heart count this year or the 12th man. He's always really good at, at when teams try to uh, substitute getting them while uh, they're, you know, have a 12th guy on the field. But I think the one thing he has been able to do is communicate freely with the players and, and really they do a lot of check with me kind of stuff. Um, a, a lot of run pass option where he can he does he can call a run and if the corner is eight yards off of Devontae Adams he's going to throw it to him. Uh, there's a lot of um, it's it's not really sophisticated checks and audibles and things like that, but it is you know he he's giving guys a lot of information at the line of scrimmage and I think in a in a road atmosphere that might be different. Uh, if, if fans were in the game, I will say though, you know, they are counting on Lambeau being a, um, a cold weather venue and that having an impact, you know, it wouldn't matter against the bears. Um, it probably wouldn't matter against Seattle. It probably wouldn't matter against Washington, but maybe new Orleans, Tampa Bay, um, you know, teams like that, maybe they would have a problem. LA Rams, Tom Silverstone, our guest here, the Packers beat writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Remaining moments with him. Tom, if you had to pick one thing on the team, offense, defense, or special teams, that has been a weakness that has evolved over the course of the season into a strength, what would it be for the Green Bay Packers? For the Packers? Um, well, first I'll give you a, uh, a weakness that has stayed a weakness. Okay. And that <laughs> I think you can – I think you can – um, I think the Bears will try to exploit that, and that's their special teams. They've been just giving up big plays second half of the year. And, you know, um, Sean Menenga, their special teams coach, was an assistant with Chris Tabor in um, Cleveland. So that's kind of his mentor. And I can imagine Tabor knows a lot about Menenga and, you know, 
you know, they're friends up until kickoff. So I would expect, I would look for um, a breakdown there. As far as something that's become better for the Packers, I would say inside linebacker. They got two young, two rookies who've come in and they're more physical. One of them is really good, Chris Barnes, at getting everyone set. And they had signed a long-term, you know, time veteran, Christian Kirksey, and these other two guys have outplayed him. So that's probably where they've improved the most. Hey, the receiver position after Devontae Adams, who they rank him as the number one receiver in the league, is your second-best option, Tunyon, the tight end, uh, because it doesn't seem like there's any other clear candidate out there that is getting a lot of attention by Aaron Rodgers other than a lot of bootlegs to the tight end, but they're run efficiently. Yeah. Tanyan has become kind of a big play guy. He's got 10 touchdowns and they're not, you know, they're not like red zone touchdowns. Not all of them. He, he seems to find a way to get open, especially when the coverage is going towards Adams. But from just a, a down to down, um, I think Lazard is the number two target. It's just that he's been a little bit off because he had core muscle surgery earlier in the year, and he's just not quite as explosive. But uh, he is, you know, a third and seven. He is as comfortable going to Lazard as he is going to Adams. And he, he's the kind of guy who will get first downs. Adams is going to break it for a touchdown. Lazard's going to, you know, run his comeback right to the first down marker. But Rodgers is going to feel really confident about throwing it to him. So it's kind of that's kind of how it's been. Yeah, great year for Tanya, the McHenry High School East uh, All-Conference quarterback turned tight end out of Indiana State. Also played some basketball at Marion Catholic. And a workout pal of uh, George Kittle, who yeah. proclaimed himself a Bears fan growing up. I'm sure Tunyon was as well. Hey, we're going to let you go, Tom. Appreciate it. Happy New Year to you and your family, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Absolutely. Take care, guys. Have a happy New Year. Thank, Thank you, Tom. you, Tom Silverstein. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Roquan Smith will join us. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. With you on Bears All Access, Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer. We're brought to you by IGS Energy. Good to have you alongside as we break down Bears and Packers. I cannot believe a couple things I cannot do. Three things I can't believe today, Tom. A, that it's week 17. It does, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there this morning sipping my coffee. I'm thinking, gosh, this whole thing started with so much uncertainty. We were freaking out about whether we're going to have a season were we going to travel? Were we not? You know, worried about how we're going to call the games. Um, so that that uh, and then we went to training camp, and it was summer, and now it's uh, a, a snowy day yesterday, and it's it's a new year coming. It, it's just a, a weird thing. That's number one. Number two, today happens to be LeBron James's 36th birthday. It happens to be Tiger Woods' 45th birthday. Sandy Koufax's 85th birthday. Three legendary figures in professional sports. That kind of caught my attention. And now I forgot my third one. <laughs> I can't remember now. I, I, oh, here it is, here it is, here it is. That the NFL today did say that they will hit the 1 million fan mark, 102 games of fans this year. None, of course, at Soldier Field here in Chicago, much to everybody's disappointment. I would have never guessed that. 
I don't. I don't even know. I mean, I haven't right? seen that. I haven't seen that many people during the course of the season and all the games that I've watched this season. So, yeah, that really catches me by surprise. But back to your original point again. I admire the head coaches, the players, the staffs inside the building that were able to keep these players self by self discipline or by the testing procedures that they went through. Because I do think this season so far has paid dividends for the USA. All right, today for, for, for the world, for right, that matter. In absolutely. Uh, today, a uh, walkthrough for both teams. They both walked through today. Uh, the Bears still, if they would have practiced, would not have had rookie cornerback Jalen Johnson getting better because of that shoulder on a tackle. Sean Watson a couple of weeks back, Buster screen still on concussion protocol. Deion Bush with a foot illness today for Akeem Hicks. Um, any concerns about those three guys in the secondary or what they are facing if they don't play? and Duke Shelley and Kendall Vildor going up against number 12. Um, my concern only for is the big picture of Buster, Buster Screen because I enjoy his personality so much, and he is a kind-hearted person. To have this long of a concussion concern after having a couple concussions, um, I, I you know, whatever the decision is made, I just he needs to make the best decision for him. But, um, you know, Jalen, he'll be back. Uh, er, Akeem Hicks, if I have to go in and suit him up and push him on the field, he'll be there Sunday. I tell you right now, they need him. He's got to play. play. He, He wasn't in that first game. Right. You know, for all the fans, when we are sitting there watching the feed to get ready to broadcast the Bears game, and Akeem Hicks came out and he was warming up before the game. He kind of get an indication, all right, he's feeling good. He's He's got his rhythm. And then when the inactives came out and he was not a part of the game plan, I, I had a really depleted sense just for the defense when he's not in the game. A.J. Dillon uh, getting his biggest day of work against Tennessee was impressive. He's 250 pounds, Tom, and runs a 4.5. He'll run through you and around you if he's got space. Added to what they already have with Aaron Jones, I don't know what Jamal Williams will be, but what does that add to the mix here for the Bears? Defense. Well, you know, the the Dylan and he can catch the ball. So he's not a one-dimensional big guy. You know, he you know, he's got a wide variety of skills that if Aaron Rodgers wants to put him out as the primary receiver in an out route or a wheel route, he'll he'll he's got the arm confidence to go to him and he's just he's put that on display but that's what Jeff my, my first key to the game is premium tackling this has got to be the best tackling game by far of every single member of that defense you know from you know every single from the defensive line every level they got to be able to come out and when they have a chance to have contact against a Green Bay player with the ball in his hands it's got to stop there you can't turn a two-yard run into a seven-yard run. You can't turn a 12-yard catch into a 25-yard catch. It's got to be immediate contact. Hey, that goes for Aaron Rodgers, too. If he's starting to scamper around, bring him down, man. Don't let him Don't let him scramble for anything. He's got a bunch of first downs again this year. Do you hear they, they, they uh, claimed Snacks Harrison off waivers today? The Packers. I did not hear that. Wow. Another big defensive tackle, but the heart of their defense is led by the defensive tackles. He he won't be eligible to play on Sunday. I, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. That's that's looking down the road of their playoff picture. All right, coming up next, we'll be joined by Roquan Smith, the Bears' star linebacker, joining the program next. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
And welcome back to Bears All Access. It's brought to you by IGS Energy here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, good to have you along. Tom there, Jeff Joniak, bringing you the Bears and Packers from Soldier Field. Exclusive live coverage starting at noon. And our pregame show with Ron, Jim, and Jay. And then some good uh, Packer memory talk. We always bring it to the table in that pregame show, Tommy. And then the kickoff at 325. Are you indifferent or do you care the game was moved? I mean, I, you sent me something today about the coverage for the tele, tele, telecast. It's almost the entire United States going to get that right. game. It is. It is amazing, and I don't. I don't. I really don't care. I don't know the condition. You know, the, so the daytime high temperature is before kickoff. It's like sometime like midnight tonight or something. Then it's going to go down. It's you know be an uncomfortable 25 degrees. But I don't think it matters from noon to 325. It's not big of a de- that big of a deal. The players get to sleep in a little bit longer, and actually they may feel a little fresher and a, a little bit more alive and woken up at 325. Mitchell Trubisky certainly is a topic of conversation. Uh, he won the Good Guy Award by the Pro Football Writers of America Chapter chapter today for his uh, – he steps up to the table and has ever since he's got here just a really impressive approach after games, good and bad. Time now to join Roquan Smith, the Bears star linebacker, joining the program. Roquan, good evening. Thanks for joining Bears All Access. You're with Tom and Jeff. How's things going? Going very well. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So you were with the media today on uh, on a Zoom call talking about, you know, everybody's very supportive of the way you've played this year, and that's why they, they pose all the questions about the Pro Bowl absence and all that. I know it doesn't seem to really move your needle very much, but but deep down you must know that what you've accomplished this year, as you look in the mirror, you have to agree it, it's been a, a great success for you individually and has this team in a position to go to the playoffs. Don't you think you've had a good season? Absolutely. I feel like I've had a really good season uh, this year. I know I wanted to be my best year to this day, and I felt like it had has thus far, but not done yet. And it's just more so focused on uh, this game to uh, get us in the dance, and then we'll go go from there. Hey, Rokon, what's the one thing I you know people keep asking Tom and I this all the time? Why this year is so much of a impact year for Roquan Smith? Not like the other ones weren't, but. Do you think the idea that, you know, they gave you a lot of responsibility? You, you got the headset. You got the the, the chart. You're in charge of the defense. You're, you're making the calls. You're lining people up. Do you think that made your focus a little bit more significant in the day-to-day preparation? Uh, well, I think even prior to that, uh, my focus, I felt like my focus was at another level. But then, like, with all that added uh Things like being uh, one of the leaders making the calls on defense, that for sure make you more focused because there's a lot of people depending on you in some uh, adverse situations. So to be able to, you know, handle that and then know know how to navigate and go from there, I think that takes a lot of maturing. And then it's just like learning from the other guys and just all knowing what's right and what's wrong and just doing everything to the best of my ability. Hey, Roquan, forgive me because I did not get to see your press conference today, so I don't know if you were asked this question already. Because I saw it, I saw it in the game. On your first interception, were you going to flip the ball to Kyle Fuller? I absolutely was. Attaboy, attaboy, thank you. And I hey, I liked it because Kyle was there kind of egging you on to, hey, man, give me that rugby pass and I'm going to, and then you got to turn into a lead blocker. 
Absolutely. <laughs> All right, hey, so, uh, you know, a lot of times when we refer to a young quarterback, they always have that expression, the game is slowing down for him. Uh, not necessarily that what I'm thinking about you, but are you able to filter more information more quickly in terms of what they can do from run to pass, play action to drop back, and just the information that you're seeing from the time they break the huddle till the ball is snapped? Absolutely. I feel like this year things are, like, very slow, and uh, I feel like things are slowing down so much that I'm able to, like, process. I already know what we're in inside and out, and also just processing with those, the possible threats that those guys could give me. So, yeah, I would definitely say uh, things are very uh, – have slowed down so much uh, this year for sure. How much of you guys – how much of you and Danny Trevathan benefited from the play of the defensive line? Because, again, that they play such an important role in the amount of tackles that you guys can fly around the field and get. So when you, when you talk about their role and their importance to you guys, talk a little bit about the – because it's a group of guys. It's not just one or two of them. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, and it's, it's a tough job, man, and not they don't get much uh, notoriety or anything like that. But, man, hey, like I'm very thankful for, for those guys and uh, the selfless jobs that they do, like eating up blocks just so we can uh, get free. That means a lot. That speaks volume uh, to those guys' character and whatnot. So I'm just happy to have those guys as my teammates. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Microsoft Surface and CDW. People who get it, learn more at CDW.com. Roquan Smith, our guest here on Bears All Access, Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer. Yeah, you mentioned those guys up front. I had a conversation with Bilal Nichols. We'll hear some of it uh, coming up after we're, we're done with you here this evening as our featured player on our Bears Game Day Live show on Fox. Just, you know, you guys, you guys are good friends. You guys know that you guys are part of the core for the future, let alone the present. Just where he's gone, where he's taken his game from when he started to where he is now. Yeah, it's it's pretty insane, man. I got a lot of respect for the way that guy go about his business and the way he come in each and every day, go to work, put his hard hat on, never complain, just always do whatever it takes to uh, get the job done. And, like, uh, he just continued to get better uh, year one, year two, and now year three. I think he's playing, especially this last stretch of games, I feel like he's playing – some of the best ball of his career, but he don't get much notoriety, but I definitely appreciate that guy. All right, so the stage is set. This is uh, the launching pad game for this Bears team. You guys fought through so much to get to where you are right now. I know you try and tap down the significance of it in terms of emotions, but the significance of Bears-Packers for the right to represent the NFC in the playoffs you, you doesn't go unnoticed, certainly. How are you looking at this? How are you framing this as as a guy that's now involved in this significant rivalry in NFL history and what it means for this Bears team on Sunday? I think it means it means a lot because everything is on the table. It's either win or go home. We feel like that's been our whole mindset the last couple of weeks. So it's literally give everything you got every single play. Not saying we wasn't doing that before, but it's really win or go home. And it's the next game, so we're looking at it as that. And it's a game whether or not we get into the playoffs. So I think that's uh, that has enough on it within itself to like have guys uh, hair flickering up a little bit and knowing what's at stake. Hey, Roquan, when you think of the atmospheres that you played in this season, is there do you, do you have any ability to pick up any repeated information because you can hear it on the other side of the line of scrimmage? Or do you have to completely discount that because you have enough of your own huddle call to think about? 
Well, for sure. You for sure can. I feel like you can for sure uh, hear what some of the other guys, especially their repeated, uh, repeated cadence and things of that nature. So I think that definitely is good. But I feel like I was hearing some of those things even when fans were in the stadium. But, like, right now it's even uh, more clear. So, like, different things you can't pick up on. Roquan Smith, our guest here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 score. All right, what cannot happen Sunday when you're playing a guy like Aaron Rodgers? What cannot happen on Sunday? I'm going to say first and foremost, not letting uh, their run game get started because once their run game gets going, then he can pretty much do whatever, run or throw it. So first, uh, first and foremost, I feel like we have we need to eliminate the run game and then if we do that, then I feel like we can be in good standing knowing that's stamped out, and then we can uh, all focus focus on the pass, I feel like. So making them one-dimensional in a sense. You guys have faced some really good backs this year, so it certainly helps and have faced Aaron Jones already, but uh, A.J. Dillon for the first time. That guy's got some steel-belted thighs, man. That guy is a, a horse, isn't he? Yeah, he's a, he's a nice he's a nice uh, back for sure. Uh, but yeah, it'll be a great it'll be a great challenge uh, to get some uh, a rookie. Haven't seen many rookie backs this year, so it'll be nice uh, to get up and walk against him and uh, the feature guy uh, Jones. So looking forward to it. I think it'll be great. Well, you know what? You got to get your staff ready. You got to get those guys in the huddle. But to me, uh, Roquan, the most important element is premier tackling, and that's all the running backs and the receivers. That when you have initial contact, you got to stop them in their tracks just to not give them anything extra. So, when you're in there, that's got to be one of the key elements of the entire defense's focus this week with that many weapons. I agree. Yeah, eliminating yards after catch, after the run, or anything like that, because those guys feast off those type things. So we'll definitely uh, be, it'll be in our best interest to uh, eliminate that for sure. Hey, Roquan, one last thing before we let you go, and we really appreciate you joining us. So you you had that playoff experience as a rook, and you know those games take on a greater intensity. This is a playoff game. Packers head coach. Matt LaFleur saying the same thing. This is a playoff game for us. That's their mindset. They're going to attack this thing that way. What did you learn from that playoff experience that you can use on Sunday against the Packers and think of it as a playoff game and nothing less? Yeah, absolutely. It very well is a playoff game, uh, win or go home. And I feel like it's just going out there, trusting what you see, uh, trusting what you see and just playing every play like it's your last play and uh, not taking, not accepting no for nothing, just eliminating uh, their main things, what they thrive on. No regrets, right, Roquan? No regrets. Leave the field, no regrets whatsoever. <laughs> All right, Roquan, thank you so much. Good luck on Sunday. Happy New Year to you. Thank you, Roquan. Happy New Year to you. Roquan Smith, the Bears' outstanding inside linebacker, joining Bears All Access. We're brought to you by IGS Energy. We'll break things down. We'll hear a little Bilal Nichols on his career arc right now. He's having a fantastic year, five sacks, and a lot of big plays behind the line of scrimmage. Hopefully a few more on Sunday against the Pack. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
Hey, everybody, this segment of Bears Hall Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer. This is Bears Hall Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Adam Staszynski, is our producer tonight in Score Studios. Good to hear Roquan Smith. Man, his, his year and his trajectory, Tom, is taking off in a, in a very big way. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of responsible, a lot of responsibility on his football life shoulders because where he was drafted in the first place. And then when you get handed the green dot, and the green dot is a communication device within the helmet of Roquan Smith that you have to reach a certain stature, a certain understanding, knowledge of how to call plays within the huddle because you're the guys transferring information to the other 10 guys. So that whole growth process is still an, is really an unknown until you see him be able to perform under those types of outside, outside the football box type of pressures. So everything that the Bears have asked Roquan Smith to do, you know, whether it's gain weight, you know, on, you know, study in your, on your tablet, all the elements to make him a better football player. He's done everything asked of him. He's triggering fast too in the run game and the pass game. And if something does get, downfield he goes and chases you down I mean that's the one thing and then last week dropping him in there almost it was like it wasn't I don't I don't believe it was cover a cover two situation but dropping down the middle of the field like Brian Urlacher used to do in the 4-3 this is certainly not that but dropping down in the coverage and uh, going there and take that interception away down the middle of the field was uh was Erlacher-esque a little bit. Right. He was under support to the safety over the top of that route. But the more impressive route was earlier in the game they had a third and two. So Roquan Smith lines up inside the heels of the defensive lineman. Now that completely changes the responsibility of the offensive lineman, who they're responsible for first. So they count Roquan Smith as their responsibility. But he takes off and he chases a back laterally all the way to the sideline and stops him before he gets a first down. So you just think of the confusion that he creates at the line of scrimmage, and then he's no longer there. And then he's stopping the running back who's taken an outlet pass before he can convert it into a first down. So it's the elements not only of his individual ability, but where he can adjust himself and put in into a, a confusing position for the opponent. Uh, speaking of confusing, Fred Warner got player of the week. Not that this matters in the NFC. He had eight tackles. He had eight tackles in a win. Ro- Roquan has a couple of interceptions plus those eight tackles but and Ro- snubbed. Roquan Smith, eight tackles, two interceptions, and two fumbles. You know, <laughs> which is, I, I kind of laugh about that because they were able to recover both of them. But even, you know, Asking him about his, he know he 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 knew he was going to pitch it to right, and Kyle you you Moore. nailed that on the broadcast <laughs> because I was thinking, okay, he's acting like the linebacker, you know, the running back who shifts the ball to run away from, you know, the uh, the different types of uh, attacks from from the guy tackling you, but you were right on the money as per usual, big time. And that that would have been the right thing to do is put the ball in your opposite arm so you can stiff arm with your right, and then you're controlling the football in your left hand away from where you're going to receive contact. Still a couple of tackles away from matching uh, Brian Erlacher and Lance Briggs for tackles for law. Excuse me, Alex Brown for the all-time record in a single season of 19. He's two, two there. It'd be great to happen against the Green Bay Packers. Another career arc with a very strong trajectory right now, playing nose tackle and end is Bilal Nichols. He's our feature on Bears Game Day Live coming up on Sunday on Fox at 10.30 in the morning. With Lou Canellis and everybody, and here's a little snippet. At this point, this season, what excites you about what you've become? I think it excites me the fact that, you know, I'm making great progress. 
Um, the funny thing is I'm, I'm nowhere where I want to be. Uh, but but the good thing is that I see that I'm making strides and, you know, where I want to be. I'm on my way, but I'm not there yet. And, uh, you know, as a young player, that's that's exciting to know that all the hard work that you put in, you know, it's, it's starting to pay off and you're starting to see, you know, some of the fruits of your labor. So, you know, it only motivates me to continue to work harder and harder and uh, continue to just be the best me I could be. I have a funny feeling you're never going to feel like you arrived, are you? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> you're always no. going to be pushing that envelope. Yeah, no, I'm never going to feel like that. Just because I've, I've never felt like that in my life. Uh, I've always been, uh, you know, the underdog. So uh, it's a part of me that won't ever allow myself to feel like I arrived. What's the thrill of the hunt like now that you're sacking quarterbacks regularly? Yeah, oh, man, it's awesome. Uh, you know, uh, just that feeling of just, you know, you being out there with your teammates and you could just feel, you know, you feel the atmosphere, you feel the energy that, you know, you get to go hunt. And, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's an amazing feeling, uh, especially when, you know, uh, you, you've worked hard, you've prepared all week to beat your man, and you finally get there and you finally do it. It's like a, it's an unbelievable feeling. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. I've seen him call you Young King. I've seen him call you Baby Bull. Your guy, Akeem Hicks, has really continued to kind of take you under his wing, but now it's, it's more a friendship and a mentorship yeah. that is really... A, a terrific story over the course of the years you've been with him. How would you describe it? It's it's, it's amazing. Um, you know, I I don't have anybody else um, with the relationship like I have with the Kim in the NFL. Uh, it's very different. It's uh, like you said, he 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 really like a big brother to me. Uh, I mean, a lot of the things that we talk about, we talk about life outside of football. Of course, we talk about football, but you know, the conversation that we have outside of football. Um, the things he, he's putting me on to and he's telling me about off the field are just as huge as the things he's putting me on to on the field. Um, you know, he's a guy that, you know, when I when I have things I want to talk about, you know, I'm going to give him a call. All right, so the stage is set. Bears-Packers, Soldier mm-hmm. Field. When you're in, how are you feeling as all this is coming to root here? I feel I feel great. Um, I wouldn't want it any other way against any other team. You know, uh, if if I could if I could paint it out like this, this is exactly how it would be. Um, you know, uh, everybody knows about the rivalry we have with them. Everybody know how we feel about them, and everybody know how we feel about us. And I wouldn't want it any other way. I wouldn't want to beat any other team to get into the playoffs. So I'm excited. I'm ready to go. You feel you guys are a dangerous team? I do. I do, and I feel like uh, uh, we're going to put the league on notice pretty soon. Uh, you know, we, we we got our momentum rolling. You know, we're feeling good. We're starting to feel that we got that swag back. We're starting to get that back. And uh, I feel like, you know, we're, we're a team that you need to look out for. And, Tom, you know, he's one of the young core. I mean, it's him. It's Eddie Jackson. It's Roquan Smith. It's, uh, you know, what we find out more and more every day. Is it Duke Shelley? Is it Kendall Vildor uh, coming into uh, their own as well? As they'll, they'll get a lot more opportunities down the road. Jalen Johnson, David Montgomery on the offense side of the ball. Mooney, Mustafa. I mean, the, there's a pretty good cache uh, of young players here that are going to be your future leaders. No doubt about it. You know, when I listen to Blau Nichols and I listen to him talk, you can hear him absorb a lot of information from the different guys he's got to play with. He compliments Robert Quinn really well. They do they run line stunts efficiently that result in sacks. He plays really well on the inside while he's going with uh, Akeem Hicks or he's going with Brent Urban. However, last week in the Jacksonville game, you see this play that shows multiple levels of just football intelligence by Blau Nichols. When he almost intercepted that screen pass, 
first of all, you're defeating an offensive lineman, and you're kind of reading the signals he's giving you. He tries to release too easily. Bilal immediately reads screen. He sees the back release to the outside flat, and he takes a path where the pass is going to go. He should have caught that thing on the run and would able to convert that into an interception. So it's a multi-level intelligent play while you're adjusting your assignment midstream. Because you know what you're thinking about as a defensive lineman in your stance, depending upon the down and distance, is how destructive can I be immediately? Disengage from this offensive lineman, get in, create a sack, or stop the running back. But when you have that multi-level vision, sight, intelligence, and then you see it factor into that type of play, it's going to be soon where he's going to snag one of these interceptions from one of these quarterbacks. Jay Rogers is a defensive line coach whom he also raves about in that interview that you'll see on Fox and, and here on WBBM on Sunday, and, and that's a significant piece to this too. He says he's never been around a guy and that's been able to coach him like he coaches him, and he, gets, he gives him a ton of credit. Also, when you have an opportunity like that, and there have been many this season, you know, talk about this team not having the takeaway totals that – we fell in love with in 2018 and they thrived on is that there have been a lot of missed opportunities to take the ball away, whether it be on ricochets or a ball in your hands and you're not fo- against green Bay on Sunday. If that rare moment comes because this guy doesn't throw picks or the ball doesn't come out, you, you can't miss it. There can be no miss. Yeah. I remember early in the last green Bay game, someone got in on, on the Aaron Rodgers and swiped the ball out of his hands in comfortably and luckily it just landed at his feet and he was able to plop on it those are the types of plays that the bears they have to be the re, they have to be the recipient if they're going to have a, that destructive of a play then they're going to be the guys that have to to get that loose football whether it's in the air or on the ground bears fans when shopping for your game day celebrations don't forget to pick up your favorite variety of lays potato chips and tostitos tostitos and lays are an essential part of the game day tradition and the official chip of your Chicago Bears, go Bears. Uh, a moment with Sean Desai. All the coaches spoke this week, so a lot of good detail. Thought this was interesting about how you have to attack from a safety perspective, from a cornerback perspective, from a nickel slot perspective when you play a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. The biggest thing that, that uh, we try to emphasize is with, with Aaron is obviously he, he can – he makes all the on-time rhythm throws, and then he makes all the spectacular throws that are off schedule and off time too. So, uh, you know, the average NFL play goes from four to six seconds. We got to be ready to play from six to 10 seconds, you know, uh, and we, we got to make sure that we're on point and finishing and the play ain't over until that whistle blows or the ball's on the ground or, you know, there's an incomplete pass or something like that, that we just got to make sure that we're uh, doing our jobs at all levels of the defense, not just the back end, until until the play is actually over because you don't know when that play is over. Six to ten seconds. That really caught my attention. It's a good thing you only play a guy like Aaron Rodgers maybe twice a year if you're, you know, because <laughs> of that grade. Not everybody has those types of skills, but Sean is exactly right. You have to understand that you may be coming across the whole width of the field to assist on a tackle on the opposite side or pressure in the line of scrimmage. It's just a, it's just a, you know, a snap to whistle type performance that this defense has to have. And they always have to be in, in an advantage position when, after the ball is snapped. How are you going to deal with Devonte Adams right now? So in the first game, what do you have? 61 yards. He had a touchdown. He's been just crazy good. How do you defend this? Because 
he'll get the ball flipped to him if you're going to give him cushion, and he's going to get a little something. He's going to move the sticks. If you get up in him and try and press him, he's got the size and strength now and the savvy. He invites it, and he's going to beat you down the field, and Aaron puts it on the right money, spot, nickel, you know, and dime you to death. He could do it all with this guy. What do you recommend and how to defend this receiver right now? You know, I'm going to try to coordinate my pressure into the 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 side he's lining up to. I don't want Aaron Rodgers to have an extended view out there to wait him get to that crease, and then he fires the ball to him. I want to put Aaron Rodgers on the defensive. I want him to move his feet as much as he possibly has to. And I know that he can throw the ball out of any stance, out of any type of foundation. But if you can affect how much power he can put behind these passes then maybe you know he he's got to bring it down and go into a different direction but you know I, I would rather go down with the ship of firing all my cannons than having a bunch of ammunition stored down below while I'm still sinking any so, uh, any weapon that you want to weaponize on on Sunday that hasn't been utilized to the extent you felt they would be offensively for the Bears you know, I, I don't know if it's uh, a blitzing Sherrick McManus. I don't know if it's DeAndre Houston Carson coming in as a sixth defensive back and maybe lining up closer to the line of scrimmage, trying to get a one-on-one battle for Akeem Hicks that he can absolutely, you know, power into the backfield. So there's a lot of elements. Offensively. Give me one. you got 30 seconds. Um. Yeah, keep the tight ends involved as much as you possibly can. I think the biggest mismatch in height and receiver ability is Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet. Anthony Miller, can you hear me? Number 17. (laughs) And he's waiting. Throw to the L. Another big play, Anthony Miller. All right, thanks, Tom. We're out of time. We're breaking down Bears and Packers. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks to Adam Stadzinski and our guests, Roquan Smith and Tom Silverstein. More on The Score coming up next on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.